Hello, welcome back to the Guitar Craft and Other Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Andre Flood. It's funny because I titled this podcast, I created this podcast, Guitar Craft and Other Stuff, because I wanted to talk about other stuff in addition to guitar, mainly because my brain connects all of these different things. And whenever I find that I have or that I that I encounter a great idea outside of guitar, be it in a movie or, I don't know, listening to a podcast, I immediately think about how I can turn that into something for guitar. A lick, a lesson, a concept, all of that stuff. And so today I want to talk about one of the other stuffs and connect it to how I think about guitar. Has anyone been watching The Last of Us? The zombie slash infected show. Technically, they're not zombies. Technically, they are called infected. I've learned that, but it's a show on HBO, and I promise I will connect this to guitar at some point. And there will be no spoilers, I promise. But it's a show on HBO, essentially a zombie-type show that follows a man and a teenage girl as they navigate this post-apocalyptic zombie thing. I, I, I would love to talk about this show in much more detail, but I am not going to spoil it for anybody. And I really want you to go and watch it. Because this show is... This show is everything that I love about great artists. And I'm going to explain that, but I want to take a few I want to take a few steps backward because when this show was announced, I immediately was excited because although I don't play video games, I do know of The Last of Us because it was a very big video game when it first came out and I'm just a nerd in general. So when something is big in one domain of nerddom, you hear about it just because you're a nerd, even if you don't play video games, right? Like when there's a new NVIDIA processor and it's doing really, really well, even though I don't build computers and I don't use Macs, I mean, excuse me, I don't use PCs. I hear about the new NVIDIA processor just because I'm a nerd. You get the idea. So when the show was announced, I was intrigued because I know from my nerd life that this is considered by some to be one of the best video game stories of all time in terms of the video game's ability to tell a story. And so I thought to myself, okay, well, usually video game movies or TV shows suck, but this might be interesting the reason I was intrigued is because not only is it a good, it's from a very famous and popular story in terms of video games, but also because the writer of the show is Craig Mazin. And he may not be the most famous writer, but he also wrote the show Chernobyl. We'll talk about this and we'll, we'll get into this detail. This is all important. And so I forgot, you know, like that was announced. I saw him. I know that I liked the show Chernobyl. 
And I was like, oh my God, I'm really going to like Last of Us. The Last of Us. That was way back in November or so. And the show didn't come out until around January. I didn't start watching it until last week. I like to let three or four episodes build up before I start watching a show. And so I don't generally watch TV shows unless it's with my significant other mystery girl because Monday through Thursday evening, I work nonstop, including Friday morning most of the time as well. And then I spend the weekend with her and work only while she's asleep and spend the rest of the time, you know, watching shows, going to zoos, walks, all of that stuff. So although there are a lot of shows I would like to watch by myself, they're on a list that I plan to get to at some point in the future because I don't have time to watch them right now. And so I said to her, you know, let's, we should watch the last of us has been getting great reviews. And remember, this is like last week. So I've long forgot who the director was. And she's like, uh, I don't know. I'm not really in the mood for a zombie show. And I'm like, well, let's just give it a try because everyone's been saying it's great. And we're like, okay. So we turn on The Last of Us over the weekend. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but let me just say that the first episode starts off very, very simple. It's just a normal day with normal people. If you're watching the show, episode one, you don't know anything about what you're watching. And you're just looking at what the show is showing you. The story if you were to read the story, girl wakes up for school, talks to her dad, goes to school, whatever. It's his birthday, fine. There's nothing in that. There's nothing in what I just said to you that should make you feel uneasy. A girl wakes up for school, talks to her dad about his birthday, goes to school, he goes to work. There's nothing in that. That is inherently creepy, unsettling, worrisome, etc. And yet, in the first five to ten minutes of that show, when nothing has happened yet, there is this unmistakable, unsettling feeling. Just, you're watching the show, nothing has happened yet. But you feel very, very uncomfortable. You are starting to feel anxiety. You're starting to feel like something is off. I don't know what's happening. Something's going to go wrong. There's nothing in this show that should make you feel that way. In the premise. This is why we need to talk about this show. This is why we need to talk about Craig Mazin. So at that point, she paused the show and she's like, so, so she, Mystery Girl is also nuts about TV shows and films like I am, and we're both like nerds when it comes to this stuff. And we like to pause and really soak in a creator. Like when someone does something well visually, we like to pause, rewind, look at the angles, talk about the dialogue, look at the lighting. We're like, we're in it, Okay. The acting, all of that stuff. So nothing has happened in the show yet. And she pauses and she goes, 
wait a minute, who wrote this? And she says it in a way where I'm like, I, I know that she's hooked already. And I know that she's feeling the same strange, unsettling feeling that I'm feeling. And at that moment, I remembered, oh my God, yes, it's the Chernobyl guy, Craig Mazin, M-A-Z-I-N, if you want to look him up. Also from my area, New York, New Jersey area. So I'm like, oh yeah, it's the Chernobyl guy. And she goes, oh yes, that's what this is. Because if you've watched the show Chernobyl, another min- another miniseries, and I, this is there's no spoilers for this because this is a true story. It's basically, I forgot what country it's in, but some country, uh, let's see. It's okay. Okay. So yeah, it's in, it's a story of, um, a disaster that happened in Ukraine with a nuclear power plant. Right. So that's what Chernobyl's about. It's a mini series. And when we watched that show, we watched it out of nowhere because we just heard it was good. And we were literally like obsessed with it and we were feeling the entire time, this horrible dread, unsettling feeling, just horrific, uncomfortable, depressing, all of that stuff. And so when I put, when she paused and I said, who wrote this or who, who made this, whatever. And I said, Oh, it's a Chernobyl guy. Then we were both like, oh yeah, this is that same feeling we felt when we watched Chernobyl. And this is going to be a goddamn good show because this guy has a thing. He has a thing. And this is when it connected me to music. I think about this quite a bit. I think about this a lot because... I feel like there are a lot of artists who get upset when they get typecast as something. And I understand that that can be frustrating because we all are, we all are multidimensional people. If we're, if you're an artist, you usually have a lot of different things you want to be seen as and things you want to do. And when someone asks you to just do the same thing over and over, over and over, I can see why that could be exhausting or upsetting. But at the same time, I think there's really something beautiful about being able to do something. Just this is what that person does. And they're good at it. They're really good at it. I think about this all the time. And I I, I really started to accept this idea when I thought about Tom Quayle because... I was watching, I think, one of the That Pedal Show episodes. Yes, it was a That Pedal episode, That Pedal Show episode with Tom Quill. And they were basically like, Can you do can you just show us the thing? You know, the 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 cool legato thing. And he's like, sure. And he just starts playing his crazy legato stuff. 
And then they give him a Gibson Les Paul, which of course is not his normal guitar. It's not set up for him. It doesn't have his strings. And they go, can he do it on here? And he just does it on the, on the Les Paul too. So Tom Quill, he of course has many talents. He can play guitar. I mean, sorry, he could play legato well. He has very nice rhythmic ideas. He has amazing chordal ideas. I've seen him play a lot of different things very, very well, but what is he known for? He's known for his legato thing. And in that episode, he said something along the lines of, oh, I, I don't mind. I don't mind showing you the thing. I don't mind doing the thing. I understand people come to see me do this. I don't mind doing it. That, that to me is so important as an artist. If you are an artist and you are lucky enough to become known for something, it's a beautiful thing to just do the thing. It, it also brings me back to another expression that I am obsessed with. The expression, you know, he's a one trick pony, but it's a hell of a trick. I absolutely love that expression. Sometimes in boxing or fighting, they talk about fighters like that. Like, oh, he's a one trick. He's a one trick pony. He's a, but it's a hell of a trick. Usually it's someone who's just has a lot of power and they can knock you out with one punch. It's like, well, is he a diverse boxer? Can he stick behind his jab? Does he have good footwork? No. But he can hit you once and just knock you flat out and become the champion of the world because of it. And, you know, that's not the most diverse tool set, but that one thing he can do is undeniable. And again, I'll say it. I'm not saying Tom Quill can only do one thing. I'm not saying that at all. I've already said he can do many things and I've heard him and I, and I love his music because he has so many things he can do. But when you have one thing that you're known for, it's like, I think we should embrace that more often. Let's go back to, let's go back to this director because the fact that in the first five to 10 minutes of a show that has not revealed anything about itself yet. The fact that he can make you feel this horrible, unsettling worry, anxiety, all of that, that to me, and that he did it on two separate shows on, on different topics with different directors and different writers, sorry, different, um, you know, cinematographers, all that stuff. He created these two feelings with two different teams and two different shows with two different topics. That to me shows that he has a thing that he can do. Just like Tom Quill can play legato over blues or over jazz or over fusion. Doesn't really matter. He can, he has a thing that he can do. BB King could play that soulful BB King style over the blues over jazz standards. He, he has a thing that he can do. And so, man, I, I, I can't, I can't express to you how interesting it is to me that people have these skills. And what's even more interesting and upsetting to me is that oftentimes artists run away from exploiting these skills. I heard Steve Vai once say that 
something something along the lines of, and I, I'm going to butcher it, but here's the concept of it. Steve Vai says something along the lines of, you know, you can either spend all of your time trying to fix the holes in your playing, or you can just double and triple down on the things you're good at and become amazing at them. And man, it's kind of the same thing. It's like putting all of your eggs in that one basket of a thing that you can be known for or good at. And again, the Chernobyl guy, Craig Mazin, can he direct a love story? Probably. Can he write a great tale about, can he, can he write an animated feature about something? I don't know. Possibly. But what's, there's nothing wrong with just doing another thing that gives you the ability to exploit the thing you are good at. Nothing wrong with that. And in fact, I think it's the way to push things forward. So when you want to study, let's just say you were in film school and you're like, I want to study how to create tension in mundane situations. I'm sure that there's other directors who you can study, right? Who are more established than Alfred Hitchcock or whatever. I don't know. But you could say, oh, go watch Craig Mazin's work. Go watch the first 10 minutes of Chernobyl. Go watch the first 10 minutes of The Last of Us. Just like if you say, I really like rhythm guitar. I really want to learn how to play these rock heavy songs in like open position. That's just what I love to do. Then someone would say, go study Malcolm Young. Right? People have debates now like, could Malcolm Young actually solo? Who cares? Who cares if he could solo? I mean, I'm sure he cares, maybe, or he cared. It's it's fun to talk about, but what's wrong with Malcolm Young just playing just beefy, rhythmic, tight, heavy chords in open position? What is wrong with that? That is his thing. He does it better than anyone else has in history, probably. Fantastic. Fantastic. I, man, I, it's just people who are creative, we have a tendency to take things for granted. People who have some natural, and actually, you know what? It's not just creative people. It's whenever you have a natural gift or you have something that you excel at, after a certain amount of time, it's easy to take it for granted. But I really believe that if we triple down on these things that we love and that we're good at, we, we could take things in our playing so far. And that's also what I'm doing with my guitar playing. Like, I know that I love two or three things. I know that I love legato playing. I know that my alternate picking sucks. Could I sit down and spend the next 100,000 hours 
trying to improve my alternate picking and get pretty good at it? Probably. But if I put that time into legato and chords, which I'm already good at, who knows what my plan could be? Let's go back a little bit. Let's 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 bring this to another great example when it comes to TV and film. Tom Cruise. Early in Tom Cruise's career, he had a very diverse array of films he did. He would he would play a serious role, like a you know, a serious role. He would play a love role. He would play an action role. He was great at all of them. He was great at all of these different things. And sometime in the mid-2000s, Tom Cruise realized that, oh, people love when I'm in action movies. They love when I'm like the sexy male lead. And they love when I run. People love to see me run in an action movie. Then all of a sudden, Tom Cruise did nothing else, for the most part, except for action movies. And ever since he started doing that, his career has been going even more insane. Top Gun Maverick came out in 2022. It's the highest grossing, it's the highest grossing film of 2022 as of, as of the time of making this podcast. Avatar The Way of Water, Avatar 2 may take it over, but when all is said and done, Top Gun Maverick, a silly action movie, is going to be either the first or the second highest grossing film of 2022. Tom Cruise action movie. Mission Impossible. Tom Cruise action movie. Jack Reacher. Tom Cruise action movie. Somewhere in Tom Cruise's career, he figured out, I have a thing. I can play the, I can play the male lead romance guy. I can play a judge or a lawyer. But people just love when I play an action guy who at some point in the film runs. And you also notice now that in every trailer to a Tom Cruise movie, what does he show you? <laughs> the next Mission Impossible movie comes out. I don't know when it comes out. Uh, it's going to be in two parts. I think 2023 summer and then 2024 summer or something like that. In the teaser trailer to that movie that came out in 2022, the trailer, the teaser trailer came out in 2022. The movie comes out in 2023 in the summer, I think. We get a scene of Tom Cruise running. That to me is proof that he knows what we want and he's like, I'm just going to do it for you. Whenever he does his stunts and he has an accident, he goes on television and talks about the accident and shows him running and, and you know breaking his ankle or breaking his shin or whatever the case may be, jumping off of a roof. He plays it up even more. So he's found his thing. And whenever he has the opportunity, he points you in the direction of his thing. And we all love it. And we all buy it. We all go to watch it. And I'm going to go to watch it. And I watched Maverick in the theater and I loved it. I watched that movie when I was in Atlanta for a short little trip. And um, the highlight of my trip was watching Top Gun Maverick in an Atlanta movie theater and then walking home and talking about it with Mystery Girl. 
Tom Cruise has a thing. He has a craft. He's figured out how to exploit it. This director of The Last of Us has a craft. He has a skill. And I'm not sure what he's going to do with the rest of his career. I'm sure, you know, maybe he'll go in a different direction next. But so far, he's like, this is my thing. I'm going to show you how good I am at it. And you're going to like it. Don't feel like you have to do everything. You don't have to be good at everything when it comes to guitar. In fact, the more you stop worrying about all the things you have to be good at, the more you can spend time focusing on and refining the thing you are actually starting to develop a skill in. So instead of worrying that, oh my God, I can't solo in every position and every key all over the neck, who cares? Who cares? What key are your songs in? Oh, they're in the key of A, the key of E, the key of D, the key of G. All right. Work on those four keys and get really good at them. Is Tom Cruise worried that, I don't know, is Tom Cruise worried that he's not playing the middle-aged dad in a big HBO sitcom? Is he worried about that? I don't think so. Is Craig Mazin worried that he's not directing a Pixar or Disney film? I don't think he's worried about that. It's... Anyway, I think you get the point, right? I, I think you get the point. I think you understand what I'm saying here today. When you find someone who's good at something and you can immediately recognize that thing they're good at, celebrate it, appreciate it, drink it up, and use it as inspiration to find the one thing you're good at. What guitar? For me, I think it's legato and chords. I want it to also be you know, really nice, um, tasteful, bluesy stuff. Not Joe Bonamassa bluesy stuff. He's an amazing player, but that's not my thing. I'm, I'm talking more about like classic old school BB King. Simple, simple, tasteful lines with legato and chords. I feel like that could be my thing. Watch The Last of Us. Really sit in that sit in the thing that he's created and, and try to really feel what I'm saying. Feel his ability to, to show you something unique. Feel his ability to, to craft this scene in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable. And try to think about that with guitar as well. It's, it's all connected. It's all connected. By the way, I'm Andre Flood. I'll talk to you soon.